Now this week something unthinkable happened. England won a penalty shootout in the World Cup. That happened earlier in the week. I'm not giving anything away. So you see, some sports teams always find a way to lose. England always lost penalty shootouts. Another team that always finds a way to lose is the American 4 by 100 meter track relay team. Since 1994, eight times they've dropped the baton in either the World Championships or the Olympics. Whenever the pressure was on, they just couldn't keep hold of the baton. They keep dropping it. It didn't matter if they were the four fastest guys in the world. If they didn't grasp hold of that baton and get it over the line, they walked away with nothing. I can understand it must be hard to be an American sprinter. 300 million Americans expecting you to win. Seven billion people hoping you drop that baton again. <laughs> Who wants another American team to win? You can feel the pressure though. Everyone has their eyes on you. Don't drop the baton. The gun goes off. You've got 10 seconds to do your thing and to pass it on. Everyone wants you to drop it. My palms get sweaty just thinking about that. Now, last week we started a new series on the second letter to, two Timothy, uh, second letter to Timothy. The Apostle Paul writes to his student Timothy. He's instructing Timothy how to live once he is gone. The writer Paul has been given a type of baton, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Paul understands he's part of a team who needs to pass on this gospel, pass this baton on so it reaches the whole world. He implores Timothy to grasp it, hold it carefully and to pass it on. The question for us today from this passage is, have we grasped the baton of the gospel? Are we holding on to it tightly? And are we passing it on so that it may reach its goal? Last week, we heard that Paul was telling Timothy to be bold with the truth. Tell the message about Jesus and don't be afraid. This week, he's adding to that. He's saying, be very careful with this message. Keep and guard the message. There are two different ways Paul is saying the same thing. Keep it and guard it. Paul is suffering in prison for sharing this message. He's suffering because he was bold and not ashamed. He held on to the message tightly when the pressure came. And now he's imploring Timothy to do the same. Hold it tightly. Don't change it. Keep the pattern as it is. Everything Timothy has been given is that pattern. It's the model. Everything that he's heard from, Tim, uh, from Paul he tells Timothy to hold on to all these messages because you love Jesus, because you trust Jesus. Let's look at it from verse 13. Verse 13. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Can you see what Paul is saying? Everything you've heard from me, everything you've heard, that's the pattern of sound teaching. 
and you need to guard it. That teaching is this, the, the teaching that he's talking about is that the world was once good, but mankind has ruined it. That from Adam's sin, there's been suffering and death. That everyone is sinful and God's not happy about it. But God, knowing that we were hopeless, came down to live perfectly for us, to die for us. That Jesus died on the cross for us, that Jesus rose again from the dead and promised that everyone who believes in him will be saved. That Jesus promised that one day he would return to judge the world, to right the wrongs and end suffering and death forever. The message is that Jesus has come to save sinners and that we need to trust in Jesus to be saved. That's the pattern of Jesus, that the pattern of teaching that Paul is being persecuted for. People don't like it, they don't like to be told that they're sinful or that there's someone perhaps more powerful than them. That teaching is why Paul is suffering and why Paul is telling Timothy, you're going to suffer too. That's why Timothy needs to guard the message. But why would Timothy want to do that? Why would Timothy want to do something that's going to cause him to suffer? He will do it because he trusts in Jesus. He loves Jesus. He won't change the message under pressure because of his love for and trust in Jesus. He knows that the message has saved him. He knows Jesus is God and Timothy won't change God's words. Paul reminds Timothy it's not going to be easy. The phrase, guard the deposit, shows it's not an easy job. Imagine for a moment, Jeff Reed has given you the deposit for our property redevelopment back here. It's your job to make sure it reaches the right spot. Some of us have waited 10 years for this property redevelopment. There have been disappointments and setbacks, but now that deposit's in your hands. It's tens of thousands of dollars. It's a lot of money. The weight of the bag as it's handed to you, you feel that responsibility. Your palms get a little bit sweaty. Your mouth gets a bit dry. You don't want to muck it up. You don't want to lose the deposit. It's what everyone's hoped for. When you walk down the street, your eyes are a lot wider. Your ears are pricked, listening out for everything. You've got to guard the deposit because it's valuable and it's going to come under attack. These words that Paul has told Timothy are infinitely more valuable. They're vital for the whole world to be saved. And now it's been entrusted to Timothy to guard it. And it's a scary amount of responsibility. God has given Paul and Timothy the responsibility to guard the word. But he's given them the strength to do it. The Holy Spirit. We heard last week it's the spirit of power and love and self-control. We've got the strength to guard this deposit. Last week, Jeff showed that Timothy did hold on to it. And that must have given him such joy. But the joy of Timothy holding on to the gospel was matched with the sorrow of those who were unfaithful. Many had been entrusted with the gospel, entrusted with the baton. But when the pressure of the world came, they dropped it. 
They love the world more than Jesus. This is what happened to Paul in the province of Asia, which is modern-day Turkey. Let's look at what it says in verse 15. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. Phygelus and Hermogenes were dear enough to Paul to name them. We know nothing else about them except that they were cowards. They were probably leaders. They were probably elders. But when Paul was arrested, when the pressure came on, they dropped the baton. No doubt out of fear that they might suffer too. They loved themselves more than Jesus. It's hard to believe because they were ashamed about this Jesus whom had only just died. They lived around witnesses who saw all of this happen. Yet they didn't trust in Jesus. They dropped the gospel. This must have been such a disappointment to Paul. The man we learn about now, though, he must have brought such joy. Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus was faithful and loyal. He was different to those cowards. He wasn't ashamed of Paul or Jesus. And when pressure came, he went to Paul. He sought him out. He wouldn't despise the one who knew Jesus, who had met Jesus, who had told him the message. Let's read how Paul describes it from verse 16. Verse 16. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anisiphorus. Because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Onesiphorus was courageous. Far from deserting Paul, he sought him out. He put his neck on the line, went into the lion's den just to help him. We hear of Christians in places like North Korea. Well, this passage is a little bit like someone from a North Korean church going to seek out their leader in a North Korean prison just to encourage and refresh him. It's a pretty courageous act. What a way that Onesiphorus trusted Jesus and how he showed it in the way that he cared for Paul. You can see that he's grasped hold of this baton. He's running the race. He's acknowledging the truth. What do you think God will say to him on Judgment Day? This we know. Jesus himself said in Matthew 10, 32, Whoever acknowledges me, before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. You know, I would hate to be Phygelus or Homogenes in this case. By dropping the bat, and they lost a lot more than a gold medal. But as for Anisophorus, I'm sure he won't regret his decision one bit. And we should learn from his example. After all, Jesus has done so much for us, hasn't he? 
So we need to be faithful to him. How can we do that? Well, here are three ways that jump out at it. Uh, jump out at me from this passage of how we can do that. And we're going to spend the rest of our time dealing with them. Firstly, grasping hold of the gospel. Secondly, holding on to it tightly. And thirdly, being careful to pass it on. We need to grasp it, hold it, and pass it on. Firstly, we need to grasp hold of this gospel. Just like grabbing a relay button. To grasp it means we accept the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is the whole message of the Bible. The whole message that's sitting in front of you in your laps. The message is that we live in a world that's not perfect. That there's sin and suffering and death everywhere. We feel it with our frustration at work. With the problems in our families. Not only that, all of us are going to face death one day. Life is hard for everyone, but none of us are innocent of it either. None of us are innocent for the way the world is. We're all responsible for making life hard for others, but there is hope. Jesus can forgive your sins. We grasp hold of the message when we understand that he can forgive us of our sins, when we acknowledge that we're not perfect, that we've lived for ourselves, that we've done the wrong thing. When we turn to Jesus for help, we've grasped hold of the gospel. We need Jesus for forgiveness. We need to trust in him to be right with God. And if you die, which you probably will, you will rise again to eternal life just like Jesus did if you've grasped hold of this gospel. It's a simple message that no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, that you can be saved. Paul, who wrote this letter, had Christians killed. Yet he was saved. He's saved because he grasped hold of the gospel. He turned to Jesus. And God forgave him. And God will forgive you too. So let me encourage you, grasp hold of the baton. We don't know how much is left of our race. But the baton, the gospel, the truth, it's our only hope. Jesus is our only hope. So grab hold of him. If you've never done it, put your trust in Jesus. It's as simple as grabbing a baton. But the rewards are eternal. Secondly, if you've grasped hold of this gospel, if you've grasped hold of the message, hold on to the message tightly. When Paul said to Timothy, what you have heard from me, he meant the whole message. He meant the whole Bible. Generation after generation has guarded it. Uncountable numbers of people have died to bring you the, that book that sits in front of you. They died because they wouldn't change it. They wouldn't change the message. They did it because they knew it was true. They trusted in Jesus. They loved Jesus just like Timothy should. But also, it's because they loved you. They did it so you could have God's own words 2,000 years later. So you could be saved. So you will know how then to live. So let me ask, how are you treating this word? When the pressure is on you, when the eyes are all on you, 
You feel the pressure to change the message or the pressure to leave little bits out. I encourage you, don't drop the button. Don't let it slip from your hands. Hold on to it tightly. Why? Because you trust Jesus. Because you love him. Hold on to it tightly. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. When you're confronted with a situation, perhaps your Muslim friend says, yeah, we both believe in God. Or your Buddhist friend, all religions are the same. You actually need to trust in Jesus and stand up for the truth. We need to trust in Jesus and not change his words. We need to know the truth to be saved and they need to know the truth to be saved. So don't sell it out to avoid social awkwardness. We can share Jesus' own words that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life and no one can come to the Father except through him. Jesus is the only way to be saved. Everyone needs to trust in him. And perhaps you feel another situation these days. This is one that, an area of pressure that we face often. Maybe you're at home with your family and they say, sure, you're a Christian, but you don't believe what it says about those who practice homosexuality. I only mention this because this is an area of pressure today. But the message of Jesus doesn't change, no matter what the cultural pressure is. The message is that we've all sinned, that we all need to trust in Jesus, that we all need to trust in him for the way that we live our lives. Jesus is the only one that can save us from our sins, but if we're saved, we should turn away from them. The question from this passage today in this situation is how are you going to respond to that? How will you trust in Jesus? Trust in, will you trust in Jesus who by his power and wisdom created this whole world? He created each and every one of us. He gave us the rules to live by. He showed us how to love. Will you trust in him knowing that he said, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Will you bow to the pressure of the world around you, like Phygelus and Homogenes? Or will you stand up for the truth? Will you know that Jesus knows more than you? Will you put your trust in him, just like Onesiphorus? Out of your faith and love for Jesus, out of your love for your fellow man, tell them the truth about Jesus that they may be saved. That they may trust in Jesus who gives us power over sin, who takes away all our shame. We need to tell the whole message of the Bible, hold on to it tightly. Just like Homogenes and Phygelus, that they, we can't be like them. They dropped the baton. We need to be like Onesiphorus, who trusted in Jesus, whatever their cost may be. He held on to the message tightly, and he wasn't ashamed of it. If you realize you have dropped it, though, turn back to Jesus. Ask for forgiveness and pick it up again, and this time hold it tightly. Thirdly, this is my last point, pass on the message that you've received. 
I know the pressure at work and at home to hide your faith. And often we don't speak about it. I too felt this pressure and I feel this pressure. Often I prayed, dear God, take me away from this suffering. Dear God, spare me from suffering. But I realised that that's probably the prayer of homogenous and phagellus. They didn't like being questioned or disliked. We need to pray a bit more like Paul or how I imagine Onesiphorus did. Paul prayed that he would have opportunities to share the gospel, opportunities to stand up for Jesus, that God would open doors for, for him to speak, that he may speak boldly about the message. We need to be praying about this, even if we're hated for it, even if we suffer for it, because we love Jesus and we trust him. We love him so much, we want to share his love. We love others so much that we are willing to risk social awkwardness. We're willing to risk rejection so that they may know the truth, that they may be saved. So don't water down the gospel. Don't, don't change it. Don't leave bits out. Preach the whole truth because we love Jesus and we trust in him. Homogenes and Phygelus walked away when their opportunity came. But Anisophorus grabbed hold of it. Let's do the same thing and let's pray for opportunities. The gospel baton has been entrusted to you. What will you do with it? Grasp it. Hold on to it tightly. And pass it on. Because you trust in Jesus and you love him. And we want everyone to be saved. It's not an easy message but we have the power of God with us. So let's pray about this right now. Dear Lord, please help us to grasp hold of your message, to understand it fully, to acknowledge you before others. Help us, Lord, to hold on to this message tightly when the pressure is on us, when everyone wants us to drop it. Give us the strength and the words to say the right thing that we may be able to proclaim the truth and stand up for you. And give us the words to pass on this message and give us opportunities, just like Onisiphorus had, to stand up for what is right. Give us this strength through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.